Hey everyone, just want to encourage you to find us on your listening platform and give us a rating. Anywhere you listen to that has a rating system, go on over and give us a rating and maybe leave us a review. Let us know your thoughts. These ratings really do help. Thank you so much for listening. On to this week's episode. I got a question for you, Nicole. I hopefully have an answer for you, Rolando. What's up? You may have to ponder about it for a little. If somebody said, hey, we're going to bring back Clint Eastwood to do one more spaghetti western. And I don't know. I don't know if the directors for these spaghetti westerns are still alive. Even, They're all dead. Okay, well, let's say we get like a really passionate director who is committed to creating the most authentic spaghetti western possible. And they're going to actually make one more chapter for The Man Without a Name. Uh, the Man with No Name. Now, would it be Quentin Tarantino level filmmaker? Or would it be, you know, maybe someone younger, someone not as established? I'm going to probably say probably younger, someone not as established. Uh, big Hollywood crapshoot here. Okay, and it would be a man with no name movie, or it would be a different Western where he makes an appearance. It's going to be one of those where you don't know. The marketing is very vague. I would have concerns. You would have concerns. Okay. Yes. Uh, at this point, Clint Eastwood should retire, and I'm also a fan of kind of leaving things in the past, so I don't know if I want this 80-year-old man trying to relive his former glory, even if it is for like five minutes it just doesn't feel necessary for me. I'm also like, okay, what's next? What's new? What can I now f- fall in love with instead of trying to fall in love all over again? So even with the if he same was going Western. to be passing down the baton, I don't know if I need his baton to be passed. Mm, okay, all but right. that's my preference. I'm more of a leave it alone type of person. What about you? Now I'm trying to think of something that could be, you know, a good allegory for you. I don't know. What's an equivalent, uh, right? Yeah, maybe like. F- you know, friends, if they were to like rent out their apartment to a brand new group of friends, is this something that you would want to see them again in that house passing it down? I would be okay with watching a new series based off of friends. And let's say like it's Monica and Chandler renting out their apartment to like one of their college age kids now. And uh, maybe they make, guest appearances every now and then similar to like that 90s show i just would prefer the writing be good <laughs> unlike the 90s show i think most of us would prefer <laughs> the writing to be good for this stuff okay and eddie do you have any uh where you stand on this kind of debate yeah. yeah the revival i mean i'm all for and fortunately i've gotten a lot of my wish you have you stuff have stuff like that good or, good or bad i've gotten I've gotten them. Yeah, so yeah you, you got Picard. You get Picard is I a got, great. That's a great uh, example. I got yeah. Picard. I got iCarly. I got Roswell. iCarly was on that list. Yeah. Wait, that's Roswell, number two. Roswell wow. was a re, re, Roswell was a, a reboot. It wasn't like uh, it wasn't like they caved and like kind of passed. But no, I know that. I know that. I, but in the sense of like that. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. All right. So. All right. Yeah. Picard yeah, makes was, sense. Picard. Yeah. Picard. Okay. Picard. Picard is a good one. That was a good one. I hated how it season one ended, but overall it was nice to see him come back. But yeah. So you're <laughs> yeah. So you you just would not be here for it. You'd be like it's just like oh I, I mean it depends. You know, it depends on the filmmaker, maybe not Clint Eastwood at eighty years old, you know. What if Clint it, it, it all depends. Decides he's gonna direct his final spaghetti western. I think I would like that even less. Because well one, he never made spaghetti <laughs> westerns, because spaghetti well, yeah. westerns are Italian. Direct himself. 
in the his final spaghetti western. Yeah, I'm surprised I that Hollywood know. hasn't tried that. Do you think they've been approaching him and being like, "Leo, come on, one more movie." Well, he made the perfect last Western when he made a film called Unforgiven. He won the best picture for that in 1992. Mm. So I think he realized it was after that, just step away. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. That's a, how does this all connect is the question. Yeah. How do we jump from one multiverse to the next? It is very easy. Um, Apparently. You you got to move really fast. You got you got to move really fast, but also I got what I wanted when I saw this movie this past weekend, uh, which is seeing Michael Keaton take on the helm as Batman one more time, and actually right. one more cameo appearance that I think is actually worth shouting out to. We'll we'll save that for a we'll later. we'll get that to there. Spoilers herein, uh, guys. We've covered almost every version of Batman on this podcast. We've gone in with Batman, so it's only fitting that we cover the Flash, not for the Flash. But for Batman. <laughs> yeah, for Batman. So this is a, a special Batman Flash episode today. I'm Nicole. And I'm Rolando. And I'm Eddie. And this is Remakes, Reboots, and Revivals. An original podcast about unoriginality. Well, it's Pride Month is coming to a close. We had some fun events and we attended some fun events and just had an overall, I think, really exciting Pride Month. Uh, and I hope you enjoyed some of our different type of content that we've been doing. But we're now getting back into, you know, the title of the podcast, some remakes, reboots and revivals, even though, like I said, this is a little this is a little stretch. No, I don't know. It's a revival. I mean, you know, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Were, this movie would not is definitely relying on the past. Yes. To try to make a buck here, so it definitely is. It's it's once again targeting our nostalgia and our childhood to try and make a buck, which it didn't actually do. It if you not. looked, it's like one of the worst recorded Junes in the history of like the last twenty years, at least. Oh, there's a lot of controversy around this film, but yeah. Before we actually get into it, I do have some news I want to bring. Ooh, up. Ooh, let's get some news, 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 news. So two pieces of news. The first one is. Uh, we this actually should have been reported last week, but I forgot. But how dare you? I know. But we got our first look at Netflix's Avatar: The Last Airbender. They released the cast. <clears throat> That's photos. still happening. That is still happening, and they are making progress. We got like cast photos and costumes, like promo shots, and I think it looks promising. That's as far as I'll go. I think it looks promising. I think the casting looks appropriate. Mm. Uh, they're going for not white, unlike <laughs> unlike the previous Airbender film. Uh, so have you seen these photos, Nicole? I have not, and I cannot wait for you to share them with me. I will share them via the show notes, but just for this so that we have a reaction, I'm going to share them right now on the chat. Uh, Avatar Netflix. Ooh, what kind of bender are you? I think I'm an Earthbender. Earthbender? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because you're a Capricorn, you're an Earth sign, so you're an Earthbender. Is Capricorn an Earth sign? Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't, I didn't know that. I guess then by that logic, since I'm a Sagittarius, I'm a Firebender, and so is Eddie, because Eddie is a Leo. Are are Leos Firebenders? Are I don't. Know. The element for Leo is fire. Yeah. Fire, yeah. Oh, is it really? Mm-hmm. I thought it was a lion. No. I well, mean, the so thing- the. Go on, explain, Nicole. So there's four elements in the zodiac. There's air, fire, earth, and water. 
Oh. And there's three signs per element. So okay. like for fire, it's Sagittarius, Leo, Aries. For earth, it's Capricorn, Virgo, and Taurus. Air, Libra, Gemini, Aquarius. Water, Cancer, Scorpio, Pisces. And Why these... isn't... I feel like uh, Scorpio should be fire. No, Scorpio is water. <laughs> that makes no sense. Uh, they're deep. They run deep, just like water. The element I... of water is deep. I suppose. Ooh, um, Ang looks great. Yeah, I think Ang looks like. Uh, I think he looks good. Also, I think it's. Uh, I'm yeah. wondering if like these skew a little bit too. Uh, these costumes skew a little bit too costumey. But I don't know how else are you supposed to do it, Eddie? Did you have any reaction when you saw these uh, promo photos out? Um, I'm I'm happy with them. I think Sokka looks appropriate. Sokka looks pretty good. Um, yeah. They all look pretty good, honestly. Yeah, the costume looks... I just hope it translates well, because Airbender is just so good. I, Air, yeah, The Last mm-hmm. Airbender is such a good show. I yeah. Just, I tr- uh, again, I'm with you. I hope that it's, they don't drop the ball here. But the original creators did leave the show. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. I guess we'll wait and see with uh, what happens, but yeah. So that was the first bit of news that I thought I wanted to bring up. I wanted to get your reaction. Unpopular opinion, by the way. I actually didn't think that the movie was that bad. That is a very unpopular opinion. (laughs) (laughs) It's just such a great story that, you know, I was just like, hey, I'm for it. Even if this movie is not what I wanted, it's not that bad. I don't know. The movie relies so much on narration that how could you like it? You know, it's been years since I've seen it. So oh, I just remember we, the theater experience. When we re, when we cover it, I can't wait for you to like <laughs> eat those words. Eat my words. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then the next official, the next news for remakes, reboots, and revivals comes in the form of another DC hero. Superman has officially been That's recast. Right. We have right. David Corinswet as... Uh, the new Clark Kent slash Superman mm-hmm. and Rachel Brosnan, Bros, Brosnan, Brosnan, Brosnan yeah. of Mrs. Maisel fame. She is Lois Lane, who I think that is good casting in my opinion. That is good casting. She looks a lot like I would imagine Lois Lane would look. What is his name again? Uh, uh, David Corin Sweat. Corin Sweat. Ooh. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what he. I don't know what he's been in, but he is a new Superman, and uh, I saw the. I saw his photos, and like, you know, I think if he bulks up a little, he'll be. He will look the part. Okay, so this is a perfect opportunity for us to talk about the state of DC. No, oh. which is a dis- state of disarray <laughs> that DC. Yeah. Is in? And Warner Brothers in a whole, uh, they're just not doing well. You know, I think somebody needs to talk to them, check up on them, make sure they're okay. They're trying to right the ship now with James Gunn. They are. It was a pretty desperate move to take it, take him from Marvel and Disney, you know, because they're like, all right, well, you guys are killing it. We want to kill it. They and we're... took him before the third Guardians of the Galaxy. But still, he was... Yeah. He know. was already famous for Guardians of the Galaxy, but... Yeah, yeah. They... They did utilize him beforehand, and I think they like the work that he has done. They do. And I guess they just were like, we made a terrible mistake with Zack Snyder. And it's like insane how much they're just like, we got to start all fucking over again. <laughs> much like um, is akin to DC Comics, though. That happens this like, is true. far too often. So right before Flash, there was Shazam Fury of the Gods, which 
I don't think it did very well. Did you I don't see think it? it? Did very well. I also did not. I haven't seen it yet. Mostly because uh, I found out that the lead actor is anti-vaxxer. I'm just like, why do you have to open your mouth? And then it had to cover for the podcast. So another reason why. I just didn't see yeah, it. there you go. Let it pass. And then before that was Black Adam. Also, did it see mostly because I don't know why you make a Black Adam film. Yeah, that doesn't have Shazam. There you go. So, I mean, before that was like the Batman, I think, maybe. Was there another one that we're forgetting about? Did the did the Suicide Squad come out after the Batman? I think it did not. I think it came out. I think before. it was before, yeah. I think it was before. Uh, then I think Batman might be the most recent. I could be wrong. It's, that's how that's how I how much I do not follow like DC. DC. DC people I think are exhausted and not into it, which is I, which possibly is because I is love their comics. I think DC, their comics yeah. are better than, than Marvel. I think I mean, Superman me. and Batman are fucking iconic. You know, Wonder Woman too, And yet these movies, are they're just like not sticking to the popular culture right now. Uh, and it's interesting. I don't know. Like, why does it just... Why is it not hitting? <laughs> I think it's... It's almost the energy and the aura around it. No, I, I mean, they've had some bad luck. But they have a, a lot of bad luck, but especially time, yeah, the studio. I think the studio, which is crazy to me, because the studio DC is owned by Warner Brothers, yeah. right? So they don't have this problem that Marvel faced, which is just licensing issues. Some characters are owned at the time when they started making these films and Marvel. Some characters were owned by different studios, and so they yeah. were stuck utilizing only what they could legally use dc never had that problem there was there was just never that issue they just didn't have a plan and when they tried to make the plan it wasn't a plan as much as just like all right we made man of steel let's just jump off from here and it's as a result they just never stuck their landing because you know we we talked about the the justice league when we covered it uh, I think at this point, like a year ago, two years maybe, two years. Wow, that's wild. <clears throat> uh, mm-hmm. When you know we when we covered the re-release of the Snyder Cut, and uh, you know we saw it was just like I don't know. He has like a there's a lot of pomp to the DC films. They take themselves too seriously. I think is a problem, and that's a problem that like I think the studio realized and it was trying to course correct, but it was a little too late in my opinion. No, absolutely. And like, I mean, I could, I could care less about like the approach. I couldn't care less. I could actually, I could care less, truly. (laughs) I just don't really respond to any of the DC films. Like at least the Marvel ones are, I admit, are enjoyable from time to time. The Batman? Mm, that's different, though, because that's not part of the extended universe. Well, that's the thing. And the Joker is also not part of the extended universe, right? Yeah. So that's the thing I think confuses people, too. It's like they will make some good movies when mm-hmm. they're not related to the overall universe, which is, I think, the formula that DC should be following. It's just like, fuck the universe. Like, they don't have to all be connected. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. And I think... I think I read that James Gunn said that this is the beginning of the new phase of the DCEU. I think it has to be because just like in the comics and in the animated universe film, mm-hmm. the 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 Flashpoint story resets the DC universe in 
all its forms of media. Yeah, so why don't you tell us a little bit about the Flashpoint storyline? Right, so the Flashpoint was introduced in the comics, I think, in 2011, and uh, it was used to kind of introduce the New 52, which has mixed reactions with uh, comic book fans. I was actually on board with it. I didn't mind a reboot because at that point I was only like, you know, uh, uh, a fair weather comic book reader. I would, I would like check out like collections and uh, this was a chance to be like, Oh great. I don't have to like start from scratch. I can just start off from this new 52 jump off point. And it kind of, reset all the stories and the flashpoint story is basically that it's probably the most <clears throat> important flash storyline because when you think of flash you don't really think of much other than his castle right and that he's fast yeah. yeah the flashpoint is like his main storyline which is he goes back in time to save his mother as a result uh he messes with the timeline and thus everything has changed and now he has to try to fix it again uh, and I think one of the best characters that they introduce in the Flashpoint comics is Thomas Wayne's Batman, which is which is kind of more or less what they were like a little bit alluding to in the Flash film. But in this, in the Flashpoint, Thomas Wayne is Bruce Batman Wayne's father. Because, yeah, he's Batman because Bruce dies. And mm. do you know who Joker is? Martha Wayne. She goes crazy upon the death of her child that she becomes the Joker. And it's really this like really macabre version of Batman that I actually thoroughly enjoy. Uh, that is so, cool. Yeah, which is just like, oh, I kind of wish they would have like adapted that. Done but that, yeah. <laughs> they did adapt it. It was a part, it was an actual DC animated film. Uh, I don't think you got a chance to watch it. I did not. It's a good one. I, I enjoy it. It's uh bloody it's gory it's violent and it really resets the dc animated universe because up until this point there was a kind of by the point of flashpoint there was a loose continuity to them and this kind of was just going to reset it because they wanted to have a solid uh, like a new continuity altogether uh yeah i you know i enjoy this this storyline and stuff and uh, i actually do like the animated film so when the Flash was announced, I think, initially, they were going to try to do a Flash storyline, but because of so much that was happening behind the scenes between Snyder leaving and uh, bad reviews, you know, I think the studio was going to use this as a jumping... Oh, I think uh, Ben Affleck, you know, not being the Batman going forward, mm -hmm. you know, Warner Brothers and DC decided, let's use the Flash film to reboot our entire film universe yeah and yeah. that you also forgot ezra miller's complicated uh public persona um so the problem <laughs> with that is just like that was still happening while they were filming so like they made an active choice to ignore that they did yeah there you know was I mean? like a a petition to get the guy in the television show to play him wasn't there i think there was um you know those petitions don't go anywhere but there was a <laughs> wait, didn't the, but didn't they remove Amber Heard from Aquaman too because of a petition? No, I think they removed her because of her just being an awful human being. <laughs> you know, like, wow. Which is uh, which is weird because just like, but but I guess Amber Heard wasn't the star either, though. It's because she's a woman, and it's no, easy to hate on also, a woman. It's yes, 
I, I don't disagree with you, but I don't. She's also not like the main character of the film. Like it's an. Aquaman but isn't it film. more important if you are the main character? I would agree with you. I think the, I think Warner Brothers dropped the ball here when they. They did. When they decided to keep moving forward, especially just after, so many bad choices. By well, Warner especially Brothers. after they canceled the Batgirl movie. Yeah. You know Another I mean? bad choice, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I would rather actually, in retrospect, that they have proceeded with the background movie than the Flash movie, despite the fact that, I mean, I think when I was leaving the theater with Eddie, I told Eddie, I was just like, oh, it's such a shame that he's such a horrible person because I kind of liked his performance as the Flash. Yeah. It sucks that he is vile. And for those people who don't know, he has like this major violent streak. Uh, as early as like t- uh, 2010s, he was seen on camera like choking out a woman and throwing her across the floor uh he's got 20, issues 2022 yeah he physically assaulted several <clears throat> people in hawaii that poor state you know was in a state of emergency <laughs> because of Ezra miller and there's also allegations of him being like a cult leader and like grooming <laughs> uh jeez uh, women oh, so he's yeah truly a horrific person that they have as their lead actor. But you know what? It's so funny. Like when he first was casted, he was our first uh, openly queer actor to portray a superhero. Yeah. It's just like, God, you really, you really fucked us over, especially on pride, buddy. (laughs) So what I know about the flash is that there's Wally West and there's Barry Allen. And there's also, uh, there's Wally West, Barry Allen, uh, Iris, Iris. No, there's a there's a there's several. Wally West, Barry. Go on. Okay. Um, what this movie has shown me about Barry Allen is that Barry Allen might be on the spectrum. At least the DC cinematic universe's version of Barry Allen. Yeah, he. Okay. Is that actively, in the in the books? No, he. No. Uh, in the books, he's like very much. I think the Barry Allen is actually kind of like suave and like kind of uh, sarcastic. Almost, yeah, sarcastic. Uh, yeah, I remember that from the uh, Justice League animation show. Yes, that is, uh, and that one is more so the one that, like, I think our generation kind of associates with the Flash. Yeah, uh, that 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 version of the Flash. Uh, he's cocky. He's funny. Sarcastic. Not anything like how they portray him in this movie. Right, which is I actually liked a little bit of a neurodivergent Flash, and mm, he was mm-hmm. introduced this way with the Zack Snyder films when we got the Justice League. Yeah, we saw him as a uh, uh, being a little bit uh, neurologically divergent, uh, and I thought it was an interesting take, right? Because why wouldn't a guy who is so involved in science be a little neurodivergent? No, yeah, absolutely. And why do they all have to be like really suave and sarcastic? You know, mm-hmm. like giving us little anxious superheroes is a nice change up. So you talked about the Flashpoint and how it's based on it. I mean, how can we summarize this story up for people who haven't seen this movie? Well, basically, the Flash is having trouble being the Flash, right? So Barry Allen, he's struggling with like his identity as a Flash and realizes, oh, maybe I can go back in time and save my mother and... Uh, and yes, his father is awaiting trial. Right, because his father is believed to be the murderer of his mother. I think that is like canon in the main storylines mm-hmm. of the comic books. Yeah. Uh, if you don't, for Lauren, uh, Nicole, I guess you don't know, but I don't even think they alluded to it who, who killed her in this film, right? No, no. no it, so just so you know, in case our audience is wondering, it is Reverse Flash, 
uh, wow. who who kills him, and uh, Reverse that Flash fucked up. Is a fl- well, he's a Flash from the future who hates the Flash. He has like the dumbest motivation I think for a supervillain, but he is from the future. He hates the Flash and like this popularity that he is and what he represents. So he goes back in time to try to fuck over the Flash. I think it's like the dumbest motivator for a villain, but he's one of the biggest supervillains of the DC universe because he it's his murder of the mother that will eventually set off the flashpoint and just reboot, you know, the universes. So isn't that interesting? Weird? That is weird that that's yeah. 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 Um, and he has like the weirdest name, Ilgird Thon or something, something like that. It's okay. the, the ugliest name ever. <laughs> yeah. So Barry is experiencing like strong emotions pretty much about the fact that he lost his mother mm-hmm. and his father's in jail and he's struggling with his identity and it all just kind of becomes too much. And so he just kind of runs. He runs. And he runs so much that he realizes that he's able to time travel. He gets warned by Bruce Wayne, which in this movie is originally for the first time we see Bruce Wayne played by Ben Affleck. That's so it's continue. Yeah, for this movie. Well, we he's see a bunch of different Bruce, Wayne Bruce Waynes. Yeah. Yes. Um, you know, he's like, wow, yeah, you could time travel. Don't do it. Bad idea. Mm-hmm. And of course, he's emotionally unstable at this point. So he doesn't listen. And he sets off this chain of events, which is pretty much threatening his existence, kind of like Back to the Future-ish. A little bit Back to the Future-ish. Who, <laughs> yeah, which they make references yeah. to, yeah. The moment they said Eric Stoltz, because the joke is that Eric Stoltz was actually filmed a couple of scenes until Robert Zemeckis was like, he's not right. And they replaced him with Michael J. Fox. Mm-hmm. So it was <laughs> it's funny because in this world, Eric Stoltz kept the role. Right. And but then because Eric Stoltz kept that role, then Michael J. Fox went on to play in Footloose. Uh, I and think then Kevin, then Bacon. Kevin Bacon went as in Top Gun. Yes, that's <laughs> it. That was uh, the way. So, and it's just kind of that joke is kind of showing us like the reverb, the reverbifications of of his one action with, too. Yeah, yeah. How it just messes up with the timeline. And mm-hmm. so he decides, I need to get help. I need to go to the Justice League. Well, he comes to discover it. They're not here. They don't exist. What's yeah. going on? He's so, like slowly looking up all of them. They're not there. What he does, though, come into contact with is his family. And mm-hmm. he see, sees his mother, who is very much alive, happy with his dad. And then he sees himself. And he's this spoiled kind of college kid who just takes mm-hmm. nothing seriously. It's the exact opposite. He's confident in himself. He's having a good time. He's just is kind of a jackass, which is the, a life and a privilege that the Barry Allen we know has not been afforded. Right. Right. So it's this kind of yeah. like dichotomy where it's just like, wow, as something as simple, like you don't realize how losing a parent can completely change who you are as a person. Oh, totally. Yeah. And that was like one of my favorite reads of the movie. Cause it's like, yeah, that's why he's the way that he is. And he's mm-hmm. so lonely and he's so struggling with this and stuff because of losing a parent and having this, anxious attachment issues in every aspect of his life even to the opening scene when he's ordering a sandwich mm-hmm. and the regular person's not there and it gets him anxious you know mm-hmm. because he's like but it's normally ready and I, I rely on that now yeah um so yeah just wanted to talk about no that. i i think that's mm-hmm. a i think that's appropriate I actually that's one of the few things i liked about the film right like his performance here as like the young douchey version of himself and then the version who knows like oh my god you're taking this life that i gave you for granted yeah yeah and And he's like what do you have against me yeah Mm -hmm. like it's like and it's actually i I thought it was a really sweet performance on 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 his part which sucks no for sure horrible person Mm -hmm. yeah uh what was it that one scene where he's like what do you have against me he's like you use the teddy bear as a target 
Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's something as simple as that. Like, you don't appreciate the fact that mom gave this to us. And for me, it's all I have left. You know, it's like little things like that that I was like, oh, I like that. Um, and he does give a good performance. It's very, it's kind of like quick. Like everything's very quick paced. It's kind of dry a little. It's awkward, you know, but there's a lot of humor that this movie puts forward. Some mm-hmm. of it works for me. Some of it doesn't. Some of it felt a little try hardy. And, mm-hmm. you know, I will say I'm really tired of these needle drops in movies. What like was when your the needle drop. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, they played all right by Oasis, right? We are young, we are free, moving. Like when he's running through and you all, all of a sudden hear like the Oasis song. Is that when he's yeah. saving the babies? It's in the beginning and during the bank robbery sequence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I'm when he's sure. saving the babies, I think. We are young. We yeah. Are. I'm pretty sure. I think you're right. So I don't know. Sometimes, like, some of these needle drops that they're putting in movies, like, it even happened in Super Mario Brothers. When, like, oh, yeah. I mean, this Beastie is... Beastie Boys You can blame, like, now the... Uh, I mean... This is just Hollywood fucking stereotypes. And they become a new obsession after Guardians of the Galaxy, but... Yep. You know, yep. Now... Yeah. And James Gunn now oversees DC, so maybe he's just like, more music. I don't believe that. Maybe, that. or maybe he'll be like, let's let's tone it down. Maybe, Because they should, yeah. Uh, but there were a couple needle drops that I did like. Like when they played some Danny Elfman things, but we'll get to that in a second. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so he's like, "Oh my god, I can't believe it! There's no Superman, there's no Wonder Woman, there's no Aquaman, there's no Batman." And then all the kids are like, "I'm Batman." He's like, "Wait, there is Batman." <laughs> I love your reenactment here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there is a Batman in this universe. So he goes off to what he remembers as Wayne, Wayne Manor. Manor. Yeah, and he comes across a man who has like you know almost superhuman cat-like reflexes and it turns out to be a version of bruce wayne michael keaton's bruce wayne mm-hmm. the one that we all know from the 80s and uh 90s 1992 and, movie and you know who i mean he was he is probably my batman still he's and, my batman yeah and he is it was very fun to watch him on screen and like rep- reprise the role yeah, and they like really went to a lot of lengths to recreate the Batcave and mm-hmm. like his outfits, you know, his machinery, his transportation vehicles. Like, it was kind of like wow. And of course, the Danny Elfman theme plays. Yes, the Danny which Elfman is theme. so iconic because that's also mm-hmm. the music they used for the animated series. Yeah, just re uh, re. It was a different com- It was a, different- a variation on it. Yeah. yeah. So this is like. 90s millennial kids batman just like hitting us in the field so did you how did you feel when like especially when he actually comes out in the outfit and he says i'm batman i think i even remembered whispering to eddie correct me if i'm wrong i think it whispered it's like i hate how warner brothers has just exploited my nostalgia and how i am here (laughs) right now eating this up because i was i will i'd be lying if i pretended to say i was above it i was not seeing michael keaton as batman again was probably the coolest thing of this movie uh i it's so i preferred his sequences versus the larger than life sequence they gave ben affleck's batman who yeah. i didn't it, it just didn't seem realistic like he's like here like being dragged by a car and like getting slammed around it's just like yo he's supposed to be like a human at least with uh the michael keaton batman like they it's not that they were believable, but like it's just like I don't know. The action seemed a little more realistic, I think, compared to the Ben Affleck one, just slightly. Now, I mean, we're talking like they CGI the shit out of this, having like Batman do these acrobatics at his age. But I, I ate it up. I was here for it. Yeah, 
I mean, I definitely enjoyed it as well. It, it it's unfair. That's <laughs> what it is. Because <laughs> this is our youth and stuff. So like, you know, it was hard to not just go with it, especially just all the nods to it. Yeah, but you know what? At the same time, though, like you could tell Michael Keaton, he wasn't like begrudgingly doing this role. You could tell just from his performance, he was having a good time. Hell yeah. Like, and that also translates to you enjoying his performance. Like, seeing him have a good time, seeing, listening to him talk on interviews about, like, how he was so happy to do this role again so his grandchildren could believe that he was Batman. You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought cute. it was all sweet and endearing. Yeah. So, also during this timeline, General Zod is there and he's preparing to invade Earth, but there's no Superman. Right. And so I forget why, but they stumble across like a a base, a Soviet kind of base. Yeah. So where... what happened was uh, Barry kind of explains to Batman like, oh, there must have been like, what if like, what if what what happened to the the spaceship and stuff? And he asks like, maybe like something happened in this timeline to it, and they're able to discover that yeah there was a spaceship that came from space and it landed in soviet in the soviet union and that's how they have their own kryptonian that's been like kind of been experimented on okay and the twist here is that it's not it's not superman it's actually uh kara who is supergirl yeah it's not call l it's kara kara zor-el his cousin kara zor-el yes you're right his yeah. cousin in the comics and uh, I will say this: her costume is really fabulous. I actually oh love my god, that costume androgynous queen. I was like, why Andrew. did? Spoiler alert: Why does she have to die? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why well, do all the lesbians have to die? I'm assuming she's a lesbian. You assume she's uh, a lesbian? Is it the haircut? I think it's it's her whole androgynous vibe. So I'm she, hoping she's part of the community, and it feels appropriate that she is because they kill her. Yeah, that's true. We, um, they always kill the queers. Have, yeah. Uh, yeah, particularly don't the have women, a good record. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we did forget to because this is going to tie in with her storyline. Is that Barry loses his powers when he makes sure that the 2013, I think, Barry gets his. So you know that timeline's Barry gets his powers, but then our timeline's Barry loses his. Mm-hmm. So then he's like, I got to get it back. I got it back. So he convinces Bruce Wayne to like essentially electrocute him. Yes. And he almost dies. And then Kara's or Elle is like, y'all are stupid. And then she grabs him and takes him and lets him get like struck, electrocuted in a different way. And he gets his powers back. It it doesn't make any sense, but it's fine. (laughs) It's whatever. (laughs) I mean, yeah. So uh, previous to that point, like after they had rescued her, she was kind, it, it was kind of hinted that she was ready to just abandon earth. Because of yeah. how they mistreated her in Russia. And when she saw how, you know, Zod is. And I think Zod admitted that he killed baby Superman. Yes. Right? So, yeah. Like, and because it wasn't girl, him. Yeah. Who's like, like the key to. Uh, this is all tying back to like Man of Steel. And I forgot what the Man of Steel plot was. But they were going to like repopulate Earth with Kryptonians or something. And like this was the storyline. It was a. Uh, 
in my opinion, a waste of it was. Michael Shannon's talents. It was. I mean, he was not even a real threat. The real threat was just, you know, Barry's own anxiousness and tampering with time. I don't understand why that was necessary in terms of an antagonistic plot line because well, the movie need- didn't technically need it, in yeah, my opinion. They So, just so you know, in the fa- Flashpoint, the main antagonists, like what Barry is trying to prevent the world from happening is the end of the world because for some reason, not for some reason, but like the uh, Themyscirians, so Wonder Woman. Yes. Uh, and uh, the Atlanteans are at war and they are willing to destroy the world to like, what's it called, for in order for Wonder Woman or Aquaman to be the winner. And they destroy the world through uh, nuclear capabilities. They, they, they blow up Mr. Captain Adam, I think is his name, and stuff. So there's a that's the threat. There is a, a world-level threat that Barry Allen is always trying to prevent in the Flashpoint and stuff. Okay, so that's, that's great. They, but that's in the book, but it doesn't translate well to the movie. They So this is the problem that DC had, and this is, like, the biggest hurdle. They were trying to do a Flashpoint story, but, like, no one liked DC film universe enough to care for the events that had happened <laughs> that is ultimately the problem that so is, yeah the fact that they went with zod as like the world ending threat versus you know the justice league's world ending threat which i think was supposed to be one of the people from apocalypse right see you don't even remember i barely remember uh but uh that would be like the bigger threat you know, it was, I don't know. I agree. I, I, I thought it was a waste of Michael Shannon's talent. I don't know if we needed it, but, you know, you always need a big world ending. Yeah, you just threat. it's just there to be there. And I felt no emotional connection to it. I agree that it was a complete waste of Michael Shannon's time. You got me into Supergirl only to fucking kill her. So really, you just threw that in there for no fucking reason. Not just kill her once, but kill her so many times. So many times, because what happens <laughs> is that the Flash, 2013 Flash, is like, oh my God we have to prevent her death and keeps going back and he just keeps running back because he's, you know, he has emotional issues like that. And he just watches her die over and over and over again. And this happens so many times that they start to disrupt the time continuum and they start opening up all these different multiverses that they see by them. And this is where DC starts to lose their shit and really go into space jam territory where they're like, we're just going to rely on our archives and all of our cool shit and your nostalgia to make you feel things. And so he's fucking running, and then over there in a fucking black and white globe, which is ridiculous, you see George Reeves, the original Superman from the 50s, Mm -hmm. and that flash. And then you see Christopher Reeves. Yes. And I don't know the actress who played Supergirl. I don't know either, but it's like (laughs) the visual effects were interesting. Oh, we can talk about that, but uh, <laughs> remind me to bring. The, I don't want to forget. I do want to talk about the visual effects. The visual effects, a yeah, huge we do have to talk Hollywood about problem. That. Uh, but yeah, Eddie got excited to see Supergirl. I think not enough people respect Supergirl and her Helen horrible Slater. movie. Her name, her name is Helen Slater. Helen Slater. Helen Slater, the legend of Billie Jean. Yeah, she doesn't. Yeah, she. Uh, she never gets... quite made it to. Oh yeah, I mean that movie time. didn't help. Sure. Let me tell you. Should we no, say that Al- Olivia Newton-John? kind of flavor to her like okay it's a good flavor yeah 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 she was younger she is she was very pretty um and then we also got to see the movie that never was nicholas cage's uh, nicholas cage's superman Superman, yeah and he was so confused the adam west batman and stuff yeah yes we did hear him uh 
I want to say this is not the first time though that this has happened in DC. So in the DC Arrowverse, which is like those CW shows that are like you know so cheap to make, but they did make a big event that crossed over through all their shows. But they also introduced all the all the universes. So like shows canceled, like Birds of Prey, and we actually got to see Smallville. Smallville. You also got to see the. Who who played Robin in like the Adam West version? It was uh, Bert, oh god, Burt Ward. Burt Ward. So yeah, we got to see Burt Ward, who actually like sees like the bat signal and stuff and reacts. Uh, we got to mm-hmm. see all these aspects from like DC's uh, universes, kind of confirming that like unlike Marvel, DC, no matter where the movies are, are also part of one universe, which is yep. again true to the DC comics like lore. Uh, they're all there's like you know that's what I think some fans have always hated about DC Comics is just like we have an infinite number of universes we've always yeah. had as opposed to Marvel which predominantly takes place in one Earth which is six one six six one six okay thank you see Eddie's the Marvel nerd versus me uh, nice yeah yeah I mean thank you for saying that because it is true to DC but I guess as a casual moviegoer I was like oh my god because this is yet another DC property that has done this where I'm just like you're over relying now on this like now Which is, you're, are you talking about Space Jam? I'm talking about when they did that same shit in Space Jam yeah when well, he's like going through all the worlds and it's like Harry Potter's over here and Game of Thrones is here and DC's here and it was just yeah. like, and even Casablanca Warner um, Brothers just does not they they want to be Disney because yeah. Disney is kind of like you can make any Easter egg or reference to their culture, and people eat that shit up. Mm-hmm. When D- when Warner Brothers tries to do it, it's like you're trying to. <laughs> they have they have no shame in it either. Though. Yeah, it's weird. Like they really want you know they want to be Disney. Mm-hmm. It's just they're just a little too obvious with that desire. But I you know afterwards I think that a version of the Reverse Flash appears in this movie. Then was that not Reverse Flash? No, that wasn't Reverse Flash. That was just the Flash. So that's how they changed it up a little. So the Flash, so like the main antagonist, the one who kind of set everything into motion, was the Flash himself, who was caught in like this time loop. Something it got a little confusing, but it was the younger Barry Allen. Like he kept going back in time because he believes that he could like save everybody, and it's the adult Barry Allen who kind of has to realize like, Oh no, this, I, I, yeah. I need to fix this. And this is all my fault. I started fault. this. Yeah, right. It is. Because yeah. I think, I mean, again, kind of going to the same character, right? They, they built two different versions of Barry Allen. I think the younger Barry Allen really, cause he doesn't know what it's like to be a superhero. Obviously he thinks he can save everybody. And you have like, you know, granted, this other Barry Allen is a little, just a little older. He knows better. It's just like, I can't. Like, this is, people are just going to die. And he has to, like, ultimately go back in time and let his mother die. Yeah. While and- saving his father, though, which does re- have reverberations in the universe. Yeah. And you can think about this whole movie as, like, a, a metaphor for, you know, dealing with, like, a personality disorder and, like, dealing with grief. You know how you can get caught in a loop and mm-hmm. your own kind of, you know, toxic cycles that you need to escape from by just learning learning how to let go. You're really... Um, I'm surprised that you're coming here with, like, some depth <laughs> for this movie that I thought you were going to just be like, ugh, why I mean, am I even talking about this? The movie's... It's fine. I have issues with it, obviously. Um, but, you know, I could see it because also at the end of the day, 
any movie that is at its core about trying to kind of like come to terms with, you know, accepting this pivotal tragic event in your life and then gives you that moment where you can literally come to terms with it by saying goodbye mm-hmm. is always going to like speak to me and like, a, wow, this is the power of movies, something I wish I could do in my life. And I'm sure many of us who have experienced loss yeah. in our lives could do, you know, that will always speak to me. Yeah. So I think the real tragedy here is ultimately that at least this one kind of softens it by giving him a chance to say goodbye. Yeah. In most of the comic books and even like the Flashpoint animated movie, he doesn't get that chance. It's always him having to literally stop himself from saving his mother and like mm. letting and knowing that he has to let his mother die and always having kind of that guilt. Yeah. Now kind of becomes, you know, the Flash's like his whole kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Can we talk about his mom? Yes, yeah, so let's talk. Uh, was she Hispanic or was she Italian? I felt like she was um, Hispanic. The actress's name is Maribel, and that's a very Hispanic name. I don't know. That could be Italian also, can it not? <laughs> I, that's pretty Spanish. Maribel. Like, from Spain. What's her maybe, last name? So maybe it's uh, European. Verdu. Okay. It says that she is Spanish. Okay, so she's from Spain. She's from Spain. Okay, yeah. got it. I was, uh, Eddie and I were, like, debating this, because I was just like, yo, she's... It? Yeah, I was thinking, she... I thought she was Spanish. And, like, you know... I thought like, she was Spanish. But why yeah. is she making so much spaghetti, then? Like... Why not? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm pretty sure she's Italian. That's why she's, like... That's, that's why, why she's, she's making, making spaghetti. spaghetti. That's great. <laughs> no, she was like... beautiful. And, um, I mean... I, yeah. I, enjoy, I definitely enjoyed the the tenderness they had with each other, the, yeah. the mother and the son and, and definitely can feel the, the love. And there was something very, just very nice. It, it definitely made me emotionally committed to what Barry wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. like to save your mom. Like, I mean, yeah, it's like the simplest thing, you know, if you have this power, um, save your family because it's really about saving his family. It's not just his yeah. mom. He didn't just lose his mom that day. He lost. He his lost dad his too. dad as well. Yeah. And, to, yeah. and think about it that from that day on, that little kid be had to grow up. By he became an orphan. Yeah. He became an orphan. You yeah. know. And then not only that, he was probably bullied and picked on. You know, like oh, your dad killed your mom. You know that. Yeah. Like, Emotionally like, stunted. Yeah. yeah. Um, so. It was it was touching. I believed the family dynamic. That was one of the aspects I did believe of the film. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and that ending scene where he gets to say goodbye to her. I did. It worked for me. Um, yeah. But that's also an easy target for me. So. No, but even then, I think, again, sometimes I don't know, especially when you're doing like genre movies like this now, because we just, you know, we're doing a superhero movie. Yeah, Relying on like old tricks like that, though, aren't necessarily like, yeah, they're crutches. Sure. But like you can still do them effectively. Yes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 100%. And I think they they did utilize this effectively. Just like I think they utilize Michael Keaton's death scene effectively, right? Because like it gives us the audience some closure. Closure with uh with Michael Keaton's Batman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Sorry, guys. Spoiler alert: Bruce Wayne. Yes, Bruce Wayne. Does. Well, everyone die. everyone dies yeah. because Ev- everyone everybody yeah. dies. Everything has to go get reset. So, but yeah. But uh, let's not forget too. Let's go back to the spaghetti. The spaghetti. The spaghetti is an important thing here because the spaghetti is the analogy that's used or the metaphor. Um, for the multiverse. For, for the, the multiverse. multiverse and time and how time 
the thing is that we have this un it's not like back to the future and even marvel has done this too it is not like linear it's, it's not linear yeah yeah so it's it's like what you do in this point ripples out yeah. to the past and the future did the spaghetti analogy work for you nicole um when i you know was watching it and saw it at first i was like okay and then when he poured the sauce on top of it i was like okay <laughs> It made me hungry. It made me, yeah. I was like, I just want to eat now. Yeah, I, I was um, ready for like, and I don't like pasta. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Rolando thinks that Italian food is highly overrated. Um, you know what? Yeah, I'm gonna. Live it my is. Truth yeah. Here. No. I, 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 I One of my that. favorite things Rolando's ever said to me is like, "Is everyone in Jersey City a Ninja Turtle? Because there's nothing but Italian food here." And I said pizza specifically. You did say pizza, yes, but yes. still, yeah, it was very, very cute. Thank you. So for dinner. <laughs> so also the thing is that the trial is happening. So that's also like he needs to go back to the trial so that he can prove his father innocent, even though his father can't be because there's like I was at the supermarket when the murder happened, but when they look at the supermarket footage, he doesn't you put his head his up. Yeah, he don't see his face. He but, was like the lead suspect because he was the one who found his wife, you know, after she got stabbed. Yeah, with his hand on the on the thing. So the movie does not provide any resolution as to who killed the mother. Yeah, it's more like, so real fans his... know who killed his mom. Yeah, uh, they're know, just like did. not even going to go there. Right. I think I think Andy um, Muschietti, the mm -hmm. director of the film, he said that like, yeah, this is something I would have explored with the sequel, which I don't know if we're going to get. Yes. Yeah, because this movie has not done well, unfortunately. No, it has not. Um, but because of him going back and tampering with time, he actually was able to make a little adjustment to his timeline, whereas his father does look up because he moved the can. Yes. He moved the can so that his father could look up and then thus be declared innocent all these years later, right? It wasn't immediately. He still was in jail all these years. Well, because the, the footage was always corrupted, but it was Wayne Tech Enterprise, Wayne Enterprises that fixes it. And that happened in this present. And because in two try to two true time travel fashion, even the smallest thing can make the biggest changes in a timeline. So when he's back and he's like, this is great. Oh my God, my dad's free. Everything's back to normal. Thanks so much, Bruce Wayne. And Bruce Wayne pulls up. When Bruce Wayne gets out of the car, it's not Ben Affleck we see. Spoiler Wait, alert, guys. Who did you think it was going to be? We kn I knew it wasn't going to be Ben Affleck, but who did you think it was going to be? That's the thing. I did... I didn't think it was going to be anyone but Ben Affleck. I wasn't oh, really? ready for that. Yeah. I thought it was going to be Robert Pattinson. <laughs> I thought it was going to be like, all right, I guess Warner Brothers is going to stick with Robert Pattinson. So it was just like, all right, this is how we connect with Robert Pattinson's uh, universe. No. Okay. If, in fact, they threw a, quite a curveball at me because I was just like, wait, yeah. I have no idea how to react well, to Well, you this. know who they wanted it to be, right? Who did they want it to be? Christian Bale. Christian Bale. <gasps> that would have been good. Yeah, See, they that. really wanted Christian Bale, and he just refused. I mean, you know what? Respect for Christian Bale for for saying it's like I'm done with Batman, no more. Yeah. Uh, God, but who comes out? George Clooney. George fucking Clooney, <laughs> which I loved to be quite honest. I'm just like, you know what? I'm okay. I'm who okay with this. Yeah. I got you. Got to love Clooney for just having a good sense of humor. Because he that hates movie. this role, he has disowned this role. He has like spoken publicly about like how much he's how sorry he is for taking it. Yeah, but he'll so, make fun of himself for it any chance he gets. Which I love. 
Yeah, that's good. I'm so glad that he was able to say it's just like, yeah, fine, I'll be I'll be Batman. I'll be Bruce Wayne one more time. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's how the movie ends. It's like, oh, actually, no, I messed up the time uh line of this world. Which is then why I guess we're getting a new Superman and we're gonna get a new Wonder Woman and everything's just gonna fucking reset. Which is a shame. I actually do like Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. She She's made an appearance right. in this She did make an appearance in this movie, yeah. Uh I didn't this movie I didn't care for Ben Affleck's Batman. I don't know if it was the costume. That mask looked weird. Yeah, well, it was also the visual effects, right? The visual effects were not good. So they were that, not thank good. you for reminding me of the visual effects. So I'm learning uh like why the visual effects for these films are just getting worse, worse. and worse. And the mm-hmm. reason is because now this abating process for studios to get the CGI done is so terrible because like basically they'll just give a number like this is how many scenes we have that need to get uh to get cgi'd like they'll give you a total number so let's say 2000 mm-hmm. and they'll put it out there and then like cgi companies vfx companies they'll put in their bids and the problem is you don't know how many hours though you're going to really need because yeah. you only know that a total number of scenes so some scenes can be literally being i'm cleaning up like wires some scenes might require like many many hours of actual cgi work and so these poor VFX artists are just getting fucked over hard by studios. And that's not just a DC thing. This is also a Marvel thing. Yeah. And I think when you compare it to like, I haven't seen the film, but like from what I hear avatar, you guys loved it. Right. And the visual, it effects was good. good. Were the visual mm-hmm. effects good? They, it was good to the point where when I saw the little mermaid, I was like, Oh, I can tell the difference. Oh, yeah. And the reason you can tell the difference is because they took, what, like a decade (laughs) on those effects? Yeah, Yeah, they did. There's a difference. That's why it costs money to make good effects. It just does. So I think Hollywood just really needs to stop relying on CGI. But the problem is, like, CGI isn't unionized. So it's easier to exploit. Ugh. Fucked the up. poor artists. Yeah, that is fucked up. Yeah. And that's why the writers are on strike now because they want to make sure that this doesn't happen I don't know to other departments. <laughs> no, but that's the thing. Like, if one people go on strike and make sure that this shit doesn't happen to them, it's just going to inspire others. I mean, VFX artists should unionize. Absolutely. They should. Yeah. And, you know, especially with how overly reliant the industry is on them. They really should unionize. But uh, I don't I don't see that happening anytime soon. Yeah. Unfortunately. So- so the reason we covered this movie is, you know, originally because Michael Keaton was going to return as Batman, but we saw a lot of things that got brought up, you know, that we've we've seen in our past. Christopher Reeves. Christopher uh, Reeves. Things we haven't even seen. Nicolas Cage, George Reeves, Adam West, uh, George Clooney, right? George so this Clooney. was just yeah. kind of like one big hole, like, hey, look at all these properties that we've given you over the years and look how many things we've, you know, we've given pop culture and contributed to pop culture. You know, reviving it for even a brief second in this movie. Mm-hmm. Did that, did you feel that that was necessary in this film? Um, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Especially coming from like the Spider Man movie not that long ago, which had like the Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, and we got to see Alfred Molina and Jamie. I, I said Jamie Kennedy, Jamie Foxx. Yeah. Uh, you know, and like the Tom Holland universe all kind of collide. So, you know, I, but, I, I think but, it's Warner Brothers trying to catch up, to be quite honest. Yeah. But now that, okay, so Marvel did it. So now DC is going to do it. And now everyone's going to do it. Like, is it just this is over 
uh, like reliance on tapping into our like childhood nostalgia or yes. like because in terms of the story, did we really need to see him look at all these different multiverses? Like in the fact that they made George Reeves in black and white was just so fucking stupid to me too. Well, like, that's because, like, in the com- again, this is for the comics. Like, uh, each universe kind of has its own artistic style. So, it, hypothetically, this world was existed in black and white. I guess so. I guess that's what I see. That's what we're I see. From well, that's the thing. As I don't, I hate that I would have to know these things about DC though to enjoy it as a movie. Like, should that be so? Well, no, important. Because, but hang on. But like, everything I mean, yeah, everywhere all the at nuance. once. To understand the nuance, I mean, it, yeah, it, it, it is in the sense of like when the universes begin to collide and everything, you you get mer- things begin to merge. So people who were dead in one universe, heroes that had fallen in one universe, come back, you yeah. know, and um, and then the idea of how certain universes seemed a little more darker or raunchier, all of a sudden because they merge with the maybe a 1950s kind of attitude mm-hmm. um like the super age then you get this kind of like a balance yeah between and i was gonna say like from a from a from a from like a film goer point of view though uh everything everywhere all at once granted it has no no background or anything right in terms of like what you need to understand but like everything looks different in terms of like how those universes exist you don't think anything of that Right, I'm. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not saying you, Nicole. I'm saying you, the audience. Right, but that was also a completely new. Like, one, there was no emotional ties to any sort of story. It was a brand new story. Right. So you didn't go I, in with like these emotional ties to it, or just like, oh, I understand why they do that. Like, it was all just like, oh, this happens because in one way, you know, she drops a ring or the, the hot dog thing or whatever. But I recognize immediately that the black and white world is the way that it is because it was a black and white 1950s show. So it seems tied more into my uh, memory of it instead of it just being, it's just a random world. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, no, it does. I agree with you. Uh, I think it's, it, yes, it is exploiting our, our our memories of it for the few people who still have memories of that. Yeah, of George but, Reeves, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, though, I think it's just like it's just like their version of saying it's just like this is just what that universe looks like. Okay, you know I mean, and similar I guess. to everything but everywhere, if I... like some some of those universes had their own unique visual style. Fine, yeah, <laughs> sure. I'll, I accept that. I accept okay. that. I'm um, glad you did. I mean, that's kind of when the movie started to lose me, to be honest, when it was like, okay, now you're going to show fucking a CGI version of Christopher Reeves and tear at my heartstrings. That's when I felt pandered to. And that's when it felt very much like Space Jam, when it was like, you know, you're just trying to Disney-fy the fuck out of your shit. And like, you know, Disney's not always the slyest at doing it, but they're not, they're a little bit more coy about it than DC, which is just like, (laughs) DC just seems so desperate. When they got back to the actual Flash story about his family and and his struggles with coming to terms with the way his life turned out, that was when the movie had me. Yeah. Uh, Right. I don't disagree with you. I think it was, I don't know if it was pandering, because I don't think it was pandering to you. I think it was pandering to comic book nerds, which I think is this weird problem that like studios also have right now. Yeah. It's like, who is the audience anymore now for these films? Because I think Mackenzie has spoken about this on other podcasts, right? Where it's just like, 
are we making now movies for the people who are diehard fans and have gone to see all these Marvel DC films or are we making them for the casual moviegoer because the problem with Marvel movies now is just like there's so much baggage yeah. with some of these that like you feel lost and you feel overwhelmed um, I'm having that trouble with uh, their new show Secret Invasion where I'm just like I don't know who some of these people are do I need to know them I don't know Am I, did I mm. miss something by not mm-hmm. watching Ant-Man I don't know <laughs> yeah um that and that's the thing you're kind of required to be caught up with all of this or at least they want you to be they, they don't want, want you to, to miss be. anything they yeah. want you to be yeah they want you to be in and all the jokes and stuff mm-hmm. so but you know half of the decisions that hollywood makes we question why like next week when we do indiana jones who the fuck asked for that like yeah. why why did that but also like i mean i'm gonna be there on friday oh so i'm watching it on a tuesday no, I'm seeing it Friday. Uh, I'm a big Indiana Jones fan, as you'll really? find out. Wow. Yeah. Well, it's actually just one movie. I recently rewatched it. I'm like, wow, I really only just love one of these movies. Temple of Doom? <laughs> Temple of fucking Doom, baby. That movie yeah. rules. That's the one that I grew up with more so than the other. Yeah, <laughs> that's the best one. I don't... I I hope that Mackenzie joins us next week, like she said. She might because I think she's an actual indie fan. She I is, am yeah. not. I'm like... I didn't even watch the the previous one with Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's not like the best one, even though I, I heard it personally takes place in Peru. So I feel like it, it does. It does. But it's about aliens, <laughs> so I don't know what it tries to say it about is. Peru. <laughs> it's <laughs> nothing. Nothing. It's okay. The Temple of Doom, although it's the best one, is kind of racist. Um, <laughs> th- they fixed that in the other films. They don't get as racist as they did in Temple of Doom. Well, that's a bummer. Um, yeah, but that's next week. Stay tuned for that. Spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so did you guys like the Flash movie? Oh, are you are you asking the audience? No, I'm like I'm asking I'm asking you. Yeah, like yeah, did you I enjoy it. it? I came for out DC? I came out I came out saying just like, "Oh, I liked it. I wish Ezra Miller wasn't as vile as he is." Mm-hmm. Uh, we got Did it redeem first... DC? No. Not in my opinion. I don't think it did. But I, I did like that we cast a, you know, a Latina to be Supergirl. Supergirl. Yes. So androgynous. Like, yes. I would hope. I, um, I don't know. Maybe I'm just projecting that onto her. I, you keep saying androgynous, but like, I don't know. They the, the costume, I guess it didn't accentuate her breasts, but like, it didn't like, it didn't hide them either, though. <laughs> no. Well, yeah, but androgynous doesn't mean like butch where it's like hiding it. It's like. I thought, I thought androgynous means like it's trying to hide all sexuality. Androgynous is like you're a blend of both. Mm, okay, fine. That I can see. But she was beautiful. Yeah. She was. I did. I just realized that I keep referring to Ezra Miller as a he. They are they. They are. Apologies they. Yeah. if I did. I just caught myself when I realized that because I actually don't know if the actress who plays Supergirl identifies as a she. I'm just assuming now. Sorry, guys. Well, they're beautiful, gorgeous, and I actually did enjoy their performance as Supergirl. Uh, I feel like they is like gender neutral also, right? If you don't know, you could just say they. Yes. Okay. You typically, typically, but not everyone prefers that. They're complicated. We're it, learning. It, it, but, you know, apologies uh. for anyone I may have offended <laughs> on that. But no, yeah, I I enjoyed the film. I came out saying, it's just like, oh, I'm so glad I got to see Michael Keaton play Batman one more time. <laughs> That's why we covered it for the podcast. He was good. Truly. Like, I think, yeah. you know, seeing him have a good time, I think really matters. And like, he, seeing his smirks, when like having to perform and stuff, he 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 was enjoying it. He loved it. Yeah, he yeah. loved it so much. And some of the funny visual gags were funny. Like see, like how this Bruce, 
this Bruce Wayne is still measuring things to get like precise measurements with like rulers and stuff. I thought it was a funny gag because we're so used to like the greatest detective, like knowing things instinctively. This one is a little more calculated. He's literally making calculations to like figure things out. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was a funny visual gag. No, it was. It was. It was it was not terrible for DC. Let's oh yeah, that. no, for sure. I I'll I'll agree with that. Eddie? Well did you have any thoughts? I know I enjoyed it. Okay, he enjoyed it. Nice. Nice. Did, did you, you guys enjoy it? Our audience? I, yeah, like I said, it was fine. Okay. Um, yeah. but our audience, did you guys enjoy it? Will you even be seeing it? Did you make it to the end of this episode because you're one of the many people who did not show up this weekend to see <laughs> The Flash? Uh, we hope you did. And if you did, you should reach out to us. And here are the ways that you can. Email us, remakesrebootsrevivals at gmail.com. We are active on Instagram at remakesrebootsrevivals. On Twitter at remakespodcast. You can search for us on YouTube and Facebook by searching remakesrebootsrevivals. And if you are listening on a podcasting platform like apple like spotify wherever you listen to podcasts go on over give us a rating and if you can leave us a little review we might just read it out loud we haven't done that in a while so we're collecting them so we are collecting them so leave your reviews now stay tuned uh yeah and as you know next week will be indiana jones which i'm somewhat excited for if we have mckenzie that would also be very exciting yeah great so stay tuned for that guys and uh until next time stay unoriginal. unoriginal